T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. Coach on Fire Radio. I am the Well, hello there, my business-owning entrepreneurial friends. It's Jason with us here, live with the Profit Leavers Radio Show on Coach on Fire Radio. Thanks very much for listening in today. I hope you've had or are in the process of having a good day. Now, we're about to uh, kick off 2019 with our first show of the year, so it seems like a great time to pick up on some simple housekeeping stuff for any of our new listeners who are joining us this year. Profit Leavers Radio Show is brought to you by Coach on Fire Radio, and it's a fortnightly show, which airs on a Monday at midday PST, 3 p.m. EST, and 8 p.m. GMT. So our next show will be on Monday the 28th of January at the same time. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio to catch up on any episodes that you've missed from last year. There were some great shows last year filled by some awesome guests and topics. Remember to get subscribed to make sure that you don't miss any episodes that air in the future. And on that note, I also have some more exciting news to kick off the new year with. We're currently having a brand new app for the show uh, in development, which is going to make it even easier for you to follow along and interact with the show live in the future, which is going to be super exciting. I'm hoping that the app will be ready to go by the end of January. So more news on that and all of its awesome features in the next show, I'm sure. Spoiler alert though, as soon as it's ready, I'll be talking about it on social media and you'll have a chance and plenty of opportunity to get signed up before the next show if it's ready by then. So I'll be posting that out on my Facebook page, Instagram and Twitter accounts and you can follow all of those under the same username at Jason A. Withers. So this tends to be typical at this time of year, we tend to reflect on the prior year's activity and I have to say that putting this show together in 2018 was definitely one of my highlights of the year. I'm always very, very happy to be here doing this show for you. Great guests, great topics, all to help you grow more profitable businesses. That is the thing that really makes it worthwhile for me. Now, in the main part of today's show, I've invited one of my amazing guests from 2018, Sarah Shakespeare, who's also a fellow Coach on Fire radio show host, back to start the year off for us with a great topic, how to stick to the goals you set yourself for 2019. I know we're only two weeks in at the moment, but already that's already a good few percent of the way in and we need to make sure that we keep on track already. So you can catch Sarah's show, Create a Life You Love, through the Coach on Fire Facebook fan page, by the way. Um, and there'll be more details about that on the replay too, I'm sure. Now, last time that Sarah joined us back in October 2018, Sarah shared with us 12 ways to succeed when putting goals together. And that's why it's also important to have a plan. Now, if you missed that show and you've been struggling with mapping out your goals for 2019, I'd suggest that you head back and have a listen to that show to get your roadmap for a plan together, give you some great inspiration and, uh, and some great tactical actions that you can take to get that plan together. It's not too late, better done, uh, at least you get a pathway to follow early in the year. Now, in today's show, Sarah's going to be talking to us about how we can keep on track through 2019 and meeting our personal aspirations for the year of what actually to do if you think that you're falling behind against any of the targets that you've set yourself. So I'm really looking forward to today's show. It'll be a great one to kick the year off with. Some great questions to ask. Um, but before that, I should also ask you to make sure that you get following Sarah on social media too, which you can do on her Facebook page at Sarah Shakespeare and on Instagram at Shakespeare Sarah. 
now Sarah posts loads of great inspirational and motivational stuff so make sure you get following her over there for those of you that haven't met me before I'm Jason Withers I'm a certified profit first professional coach now that means that I specialize in driving profit growth in ambitious entrepreneurial and owner managed businesses now profit is the commercial non-negotiable I want to help you create a more profitable business so that you have the freedom to make the choices that you want to make and importantly to create the impact that you want your business to make be that within the business itself in terms of your personal life satisfaction whether that be with management staff subcontractors and also of course any impact that you want to make socially now as a profit growth strategist and profit mentor i help business owners get clarity over their finances specifically as it affects their profitability that means that we get intentional about improving business profitability with simple strategies simple being the key word of course so you're absolutely in the right place if you want to make sure that your business is baking profit into every sale that it makes that as the business owner or as a stakeholder in the business you are being paid enough amazing how many business owners do not pay themselves enough by the way make sure that's not you that money is put a set aside for your taxes, both corporate and personal, of course. Let's get rid of that lack of sleep nightmare. Um, simple to do when you know how. Simple techniques get you in good shape to not be worrying about that in the future. And then we can actually go about creating a business model with costs that fit around those top three priorities. So what does that mean for you? Know-how, basically, 25 years of it. An absolute dedication to the transformation of the profitability of your business. So let's get cracking. Um, for all of you who pour your soul into your business and are working towards realizing your dreams, I want you to benefit fully from your efforts and experience the profit rewards that your energy investment deserves. So in the coming weeks, I'll be continuing to interview a series of guests who will help us all create more profitable businesses, sharing their expertise and how to utilize their expertise to generate profit in your business. Throughout 2019, I'm looking forward to having a great mix of Instagram superstars, business coaches, life coaches, system geeks, marketing mavens, getting them all lined up um, to bring you the best of what they have to offer and to give us the lowdown on how we can leverage those skills to create more profitable businesses. So profit, the commercial imperative. I believe in it. Why is that? Because profit gives you choices in life. More profit gives us more freedom. That gives us more choices, which allows us to make more impact. I try and keep it simple as I can, and I want it to be simple as a process for you too. So let's get on with today's show and discover how we can ensure we keep our profit aspirations for 2019 on track. So Sarah Shakespeare is my special guest today. Now, Sarah has been in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years and loves it. And if you get following over on social, you will see that that is where a great source of the inspiration and motivational content comes from. Now, Sarah was raised in England by parents who taught her to have a positive attitude about everything. And believe me, that comes through big time. She's carried this with her throughout her life to help people change their mindset so that they can live a healthier and happier life. Married with three daughters, lives in beautiful British Columbia out in Canada, has co-authored four international bestsellers in which she tells the most important stories of her life. Uh, and is also um, frequently asked to perform um, as a speaker at many events across the States and Canada as well. She's won fitness competitions and has run marathons and ultra marathons. Back to the gym again than everybody, clearly. So Sarah lives her life um, with her 100-year plan in mind. 
If we have time today, we might delve into that a bit and find out just how Sarah plans to live that 100-year life through to a fantastic um, end and conclusion. Now, I mentioned Sarah's Facebook and Instagram details earlier. You can also connect with her, though, of course, through her website, sarahshakespeare.com, and we'll be posting all of Sarah's social profiles on the replay for you too. So we've spent the time thinking about our plans and business aspirations for 2019, but actually that's the easy bit in reality. Now we have to actually do the work to bring that plan to life. We're prepared to put in the work, but we need to keep in step and remain accountable to our plan. And we need to be prepared to adapt and evolve as the weeks and months pass as well, of course. So, hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Delighted to have you back to kick us off this year. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me back on the show, Jason. Delighted to have you. I am. I'm excited to be back, especially with the New Year's show as well. So thank you for having me on. Great stuff. Now, um, before we get into the main part of our chat today, um, I know that I would have asked you to, to run through this previously when we, when we spoke before, um, but for any new listeners who haven't listened to that show, I wonder if you could just give us a quick recap, please. Um, what would you like listeners to understand about you and how you live your life in the entrepreneurial online world? I think for me, I always, I, I do everything with a positive mindset in mind. And it's actually easy for me to do that because I've been raised that way from the beginning. So I didn't realize that there was a different way until I was a teenager. And I saw that different people at school had a negative attitude about things. And I would think, well, why are they saying this? And why are they doing that? And I think it probably even goes back to me being a preteen around 11 years old. I'd never, ever, not that I was given rose colored glasses in life, but I was really, really taught to look on the bright side of life first before the other side. So for me, I'm always looking on the bright side first and I find something amazing. So I often don't get time to go over to the grim side of it because <laughs> I find something on that side. I don't have a chance to go over there. I'm already here and figuring something out. So I was raised by parents that were very fun. They had their discipline ways because it was, you know, the 70s and 80s. They had yep. their strict ways. Familiar they did. that for sure. Yeah, we had our strict ways. So I didn't get away with everything. I wasn't a spoiled girl that had rose-colored glasses on and got her own way. There was a lot of discipline within the home, but a positive outlook was always portrayed towards me. And it just shone on me. And people would say, you know, going into my teenage years, you know, Sarah, you light up the room when you walk in. And I would say, do I? Isn't everybody doing this? <laughs> so it was a really nice thing that people of all ages could see it. My friends, I got along with their parents. Their parents would say, oh, where's that nice chatty girl, Sarah? She's the only one that talks to us when she comes. So I'd be at their house talking to the moms and dads in the kitchen and kind of ignoring my friends and talking to them and saying, oh, your, your friend's so friendly and happy. I was like, am I? <laughs> I just thought it was everyone. So it was really easy did, when yeah. people see this in me and they say, you're in a good mood. Has anything ever bad happened to you? And it, you know, it does, but it's how I deal with it on the other side of that. Yeah. Am I going to let that ruin my day, my week, my year? And the only thing for me that can not ruin things, but change things. And I say this, I said this to somebody yesterday. The only thing that really makes me cry is if someone dies. The only thing that can really dig deep for me to think, oh, this is a, is a disaster, is a death. Yeah. Other than that, there's nothing else that can steer me off that positive mindset. There's, there's another way. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And even when someone has passed and, 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 you know, they have died, there is also light at the end of that tunnel, just not in that release of finding yeah. out that news. And that's where the sadness to me comes in. If that happens within my family or, or within my friend's family or a news report I might hear that is devastating and it's, in, it's death. So people say, what makes you sad? I'm like, death, nothing else. I'm good with everything yeah. else. Yeah, everything else. I think that, yeah, everything else. Everything else. Yeah. I can. And, you know, I think that comes across when you see me on social media 
You know, what you're seeing is the authentic side of me. If you knew me in real life, that's exactly what I am. I wanted to be that right from the beginning. I've only been on social media for three years. I wasn't on it for the first 10 years because I didn't believe I needed social media. I believe being such a people person, being popular with people of all ages and all genders, I felt like, why would I need that? That's extra, more work. Who, who wants, who, I, I don't want to know about people's lives on there. Why would they want to know about mine? So for the t first 10 years of social media, I was the person that wasn't on social media because I believed to be with real people. Now, in the meantime, I've met so many amazing people on social media that I've met in real life since I've met them online and they are real people. And even people I haven't met in real life, they're real people. I'm on Zoom calls with them. I'm on, you know, I've been on the telephone with them. I follow what they're doing. I watch yeah. their lives, I watch their videos, follow their Instagram stories, I see their real people. But one thing that was important for me was to be who you saw online is who you see in real life. Yeah. So just recently on my Instagram stories, I've actually done a lot more of my workouts that I didn't do in the last two years. And I, sometimes I'm dancing in them and singing in them. And you know, a couple of my friends are like, whoa, we're seeing you on these Instagram stories. I know we saw you before with all your different motivational things, the modeling things, the fitness things. But we're actually seeing the girl that dances around the gym when the song comes on that she likes. Yeah. That doesn't really care if anyone's watching because this is a good song. You yeah. know, so... And it's still <laughs> so, exercise. And it's good and I'm moving. So yeah. I think that, you know, that's what I really want to put across about how I feel in the online space. If somebody meets me in real life, it's exactly what they've seen before. One thing I've decided to keep private throughout um, my social media is my family. Like you don't mm. see my family. I know over Christmas there were some walks that I went on in the snow that you can actually hear my family in the background because they were kind of throwing some snow and stuff. And I said, oh, listen, you can hear my crew for a minute. Yeah. So you could see I was with people, but you didn't see. Very happy to have kept that decision right from the beginning yeah. to you know, have my family private. No one's seen what my husband looks like. No one knows what my kids look like. I don't even know if I often even say their names. That was an important thing from the beginning for me to keep that privacy. I've been asked previously, you know, you've hidden them away. I said, no, I've not hidden them away because they're in my real life. Mm. And if you know me in my real life, I've talked about them, you've seen them, you've met them. But going back to that privacy and how I felt at the beginning, going online three years ago was what was I prepared to share? And I think I was prepared to put out there every single thing except parts of my life that had always been private. Um, I, just, I guess I just felt that I wanted to keep them private and it's actually served me very well. You know, I, I think I, that's one of those has, interesting, it's definitely one of those interesting decisions I think about how, how full on people are with social media and just how much um, content and information they show and how real and what the depth is. And I think it's just different things for different people, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, I, I won't ever put up a picture of my son either. That's just how it yeah. is. You'll see the back of him maybe. There you go. Um, yes. You know, those sorts of things. And yes, I'll use his name periodically, but it's not a, it's not a wholesale kind of thing. Um, as a, because my, certainly my Facebook and my Instagram life is actually is more about business than it is about private life. So. And I think mine, I mean, that's interesting that you say that it's more about business and private. And people have said to me, well, I guess your family not there because it's business. And I say to them, actually, my family not there because it says Sarah Shakespeare at the top. It doesn't say the Shakespeare family. Yeah, because that would be a proper real life drama series then, wouldn't it? Wasn't it? The Shakespeare yeah. family. Yeah. I said, when I went online, I said, I put my name on there. I said, I didn't, I want my children to be able to navigate their social media themselves and yeah. put out what they want to put out. And that, that's what they have done. My husband has no interest in social media. He's old school, bricks and mortar. Good you job. know, he's, he's in his fifties. He has no interest in social media. I show him mine 
But if he's watching a Netflix show and I try and show him mine, then I then that's it. He's watching his Netflix show. He's not yeah. looking to my phone. That, yeah. Within his real life, I'm there, so he doesn't need to see me. Doesn't need to see you. He doesn't. And I try, we've been together nearly thirty years, so I've already told him motivational things. His whole life, he's like, oh, now yeah. I've got to hear this again for yeah. three minutes. I don't think so. So yeah. we're talking about that tomorrow in the house. So there's just different things that I think it wasn't relevant. So when people see me, I do get asked. Do you really have the husband you talk about? Do you really have those three kids? We haven't yeah. seen them. And I simply say, yes, I do. And, and I do. And so that's what people see. I hope they see an authentic Sarah. I hope they see a positive Sarah, an energetic one. I am energetic. I've lived a really great lifestyle with health and fitness. I've followed all the rules. That I've tried to. And, yeah. you know, I don't think it's made me boring. I think it's made me energetic and exciting. I don't think yeah. it's set me back. I don't feel like I've missed out on doing things because I've chosen to go with a healthy lifestyle versus the other. You know, you talked earlier I could, in the intro about the 100-year plan. You know, I intend to be here for a long time. And yeah. I know diseases can take a hold of you and take you early without an yeah. expectation. But I want to do everything that I can do to stay here for a long time. I have a big interest in meeting my great-grandchildren and having an influence on them. And That's the thing, isn't it? There's so yeah. much to be done, so much still to there do. Is. There know? is. That's it's exactly so how I feel. Incredible. So I wanna, yeah. yeah awful lot of opportunities still ahead of us and I think about some of the things that have changed already in our lifetime I I was writing something the other day um, and actually went back to something that meant a lot to me 25 years ago and I thought by me I was out of university by the time that actually happened yes all of a sudden you think whoa you know it's such a long time ago and then you think wow that's a really long period of time and you're still expecting that that is still to come in the future as well so yeah have you got to do you know, that, that's how I feel about room. it. People say you're too fussy about your health. And I'm saying, we've well, got one of the hashtags I use is one body, one life. And that's how I feel. I feel like we've been given this body, we've been given this life. Let's do the best that we can. And if tragedy hits and something happens where we are taken early, I feel like I want to stand firm and say I did everything I could to stay here for the long haul. Whether, you know, I just feel like that's what I would want to be. And I think that even I, I live in a, in a city where a lot of people come to retire to, in Kelowna, in BC, I see 75-year-olds walking around the golf course fit as fit that have come to live in this beautiful place and go into retirement as, as fit as they possibly could be. And they have got a bounce in their step and they're smiling and they didn't retire and put their feet up. So I want to be a grandma that's like that, that goes to the, up to the 100 years, feeling vibrant, feeling energetic and seeing what else is left in this world because I can't believe what I've got to see in the first 45 years. So when I think about the first 45 years that I've already had and everything that I've seen in that time, I, I can't imagine what's coming up for the next 45 years. I just think of technology. I think of things that we've mm. seen. I think about things when we were children and we looked up that maybe if you went to the moon, you would see this happen. Maybe if you, you know, in a few years time, the end of time, this is going to happen. But it all happened in the millennium and we were here to see it. You know, and I think about FaceTime and I think about just having music on your arm. Like, you know, all these CDs and tapes we had for years and now I can put it on my arm in the gym. Who knew that was coming 25 years ago when I used to take 15 CDs into the gym with me in a pouch <laughs> and then put them in the CD player. And then you didn't really have a treadmill back then that was big enough to cater to the stuff. It was a little skinny treadmill. So you couldn't put the, you know, the CD player on there. So you're running with the CD player. Who yeah. knew it could go on my arm? in 2010 who knew that was going to happen so you know different things that I've seen in that 45 years has been very you know just inspirational for me to see so that really urges me to want to see what's next and someone even asked me last year who wants to live to the hundreds Sarah I was like I do (laughs) it's like oh I'm happy to check out at 70 
Yeah. And I thought, maybe you should check out today then if you're not happy with the life you've been given. <laughs> Looks to me like you're 47 today. So for me, they actually asked me and I said, I think there's so much to see. And it, the world can be an amazing place. And again, because I look at it with a positive mindset, again, I'm looking at the good that we can find in the next 45 years, not necessarily the bad that's going to come. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think about it. You know, my son, his, his baseline with technology is touchscreen. Yes. You know, and all of a sudden you think, my word, it wasn't that long ago that we didn't really have email, let alone touchscreen or, you know, any of the well, things, we, you know, exactly. any of the things we're doing now, spanning 5,000 miles, having a conversation, you know, yes. just all it's, those sorts of things. Again, we way. thought we'd have to live on the moon to, yeah. to see that. We thought yeah. that would be something if you went in a rocket, then it would go up into the sky and you would, and that would happen up in there, but we wouldn't be able to go up in there. You wouldn't think that. And I think about when the internet came out and there was that noise when it went on, we all said back in, yeah. what was that, 1995 or something, whatever, whatever. Really? I remember, yeah. you know, listening to that, this isn't going to take off. This is going <laughs> to irritate people. This World yeah. Wide Web, how's yeah. that going to work? And look at it now. It's, it's connected so many people. And, you know, the, the only impatient thing that we get is if the circle goes too slow. Oh, yeah. And we're, and we're connected four seconds later than we thought. Yeah, like it's it amazing, isn't straight it? To it our, our patience level back when internet was connecting and we would wait 10 minutes sometimes for it to be ready to use. Yeah. And now we've got a circle that goes around once in two seconds. We go, Oh, terrible. Terrible. I'm going to set this and take this off. So, you know, we're just so lucky to be in this time with, with, you know, like you say that the social media and with the internet space and everything that we're able to do, we didn't know that we could do this. Like when I'm talking to clients on a zoom call, I didn't know that was going to be a way that we would train people long distance. Yeah. I didn't know that we would talk to people. I would talk to people and get them to show what food they've got in their kitchen yeah. and they would walk over and they would, I'd say, take me to your fridge. What, what do you mean my fridge? Now let me see what's in it. Yeah. We didn't know we could do that back then yeah. in 2019. And yeah. that's something that we can do. You know, also if you're working with people that's actually in our cities, you know, when they can't meet us at that coffee shop, they can't come to our home office and meet us. We can say, okay, maybe on the phone, go on FaceTime right now. Done. We didn't know, like easy. Yeah. We didn't know you could just say, okay, I know you can't leave the kids right now. I know you're in traffic. So don't go in traffic. Come out, go in that coffee shop till the traffic's worn down. Let's get on to FaceTime. Who knew we would ever have that advantage and being able yeah. to work with people? So that, that is such a wonderful thing that we've been able to experience at this time that I could never have estimated was coming. So I'm pleased that you introduced the topic of, um, of time effectiveness with a little thing going around in the middle of the yeah. screen and how frustrating that gets because I've got a couple of questions for you about productivity and staying in yes. check with those things and not wasting our time yes. a little bit later on. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get into the core of it then. So 2019, we've got a plan. We've got some aspirations for the year. We've set ourselves some targets. How do we actually start in January how do we start with the right intentions that, to actually keep ourselves on track? Because we have this, this classic thing about the setting of New Year's resolutions, as an example, that people say either they don't bother to set them because they don't expect to keep to them, or they set them and they're done and dusted by the end of January, if not the first week of January. So we have these other sort of things that we grow up with outside of business life around something like that. And yet here we are intentionally at the end of the previous year, typically coming up with some big, bold ideas probably for what we want to accomplish in the next year. How do we actually make sure that after a break over the holiday period, we actually come back and really get amongst it and really keep ourselves accountable, I suppose. 
I think one thing that people have got to think about is really how, how badly do they want it? And is it something they really want? Or is it something people have told them they should have? Is, it, is the brother mm. told them, well, you know what, you should really do this. So the sister said, oh, you'd be really good at this. You know, is it something they really, really want to do? And would take a big interest because it's going to take up their time. Sometimes people, when you say dreaming big, I really believe in dreaming big. I always talk about the big picture. I believe in all of that. But really have a realistic look at what you really want to do as it's starting that new year. Do you really want to do it? Or do you think society told you you should do that? So why are you doing it now in January? What, you know, we talk about the why. Why are you doing it? This, see, now, this is really interesting. One, because we also have this convention about starting a year in January. I get that's how the calendar works, but mm -hmm. there's no reason why, you know, certainly in the UK, people have different financial years. You can start and end in any given month for a financial year in the UK. Um, there are, we live by the rules that we choose to live by. The fact that it's called January and this is the start of a year well, there will be plenty of businesses in the UK whose first month of their financial year was the first, started 1st of November. So they're already two thirds of the way through their first quarter on that basis. Yes. So we sort of put ourselves into these um, pigeonholes isn't quite the right kind of way to describe it perhaps, but we sort of force these things on ourselves and then feel guilty about the fact that we didn't start work until today maybe because the kids went back to school today or yesterday and we had a break and we did the family time and all those sorts of things. So one of the questions that leads on to this for me is, do you think that there is or what is the difference between people who are able to set goals and perform against them and those that don't? Is it because of unrealistic planning in the first place? Is it a lack of motivation or is it about accountability? What are the key things in that for you, the performers against the non-performers? I think that if, you're, if you love something, you're motivated to do it. When you say the lack of motivation, I think there's a lack of motivation in something that you don't like. For instance, I'm not a dog lover. So if somebody kept saying to me, Sarah, would you walk my dog? I'm not motivated to take on that task. I'm not because no. I'm not a dog lover. So, but yeah, in, in life, in 98% of everything else, I love and I'm motivated. So that's my, just my vague example I give there. If you're, when people say I've got a lack of motivation, I believe it's because you've got a lack of love for that thing that you're doing. There's so many things that you could do that you love to do that you're motivated to do. When you think about accountability, there's two ways of looking at the goals, really. You could tell somebody about them and get help, or you could keep them to yourself. And just the fact they're on your phone as a list or in a book and you've kind of written down those goals, that might be an, all the accountability that you need because deep inside of you, you say, I want to do them. I want to do this. I love this. This is exactly where I see myself being. But if you've got someone, again, maybe as a coach, accountability, someone helping you and looking in, that will help you stay on track if that's what you need. You're going to know that you need an accountability person in your life or you're going to know that you leave that private. So sit with what suits you better. So I'm going to follow on then and, and pick up a little bit on, on what you've said there. So in, you, in your world of health, fitness, motivation and so on, what sort of differences crop up for people? What, what do they experience um, for those that have tried to be self-accountable compared to those and the results that they get with external accountability? Okay, well, it's, it's two things. It's sabotage from people that are not following the lifestyle behind the scenes, people that are not following the lifestyle. Oh, let's go out for dinner tonight and have your favorite. Let's go to your favorite restaurant because we know that's got your favorite things. The person loves the love they're being shown. They love that socializing. They'll go out and because that person's not on track with them, they'll be off the wagon just for the night. Yeah. 
just for the weekend or just for the week I'll see you on Friday. Oh, now it's Friday, I'll see you on Monday. There's 10 days off the wagon from one yeah. dinner out. Then you've got the, um, the sabotage and you've got the person that's not doing, not necessarily a partner or, or a friend, not particularly, it's the circle, the company you're keeping. So when I talk to, you know, my circle of friends, I, I say the fit friends, my fit friends that I've got, they understand everything about what I'm trying to do and what I've always tried to do. And to my friends that are not so fit, I will always be the obsessed fitness girl that I've been for the last 30 years. Oh, Sarah's into all that lark. She hasn't calmed down and she's in her mid forties. But then the ones that are in my, you know, scene, they will say, how do you stay motivated? I'm like, because I love it. Because I love doing it. I I think when you see me on the videos doing my fitness things, I'm I'm not in any pain. I'm laughing and joking and liking it. I love it. And it's because I found something that I love to do like that. This thing, the exercise that I do, you will note that you've never seen me do yoga on camera. You Mm. never will. I don't know if you ever will. I, I, it's something that I don't love to do, so I don't. Yeah. And it's again making the choices. And when you say, is it about lack of motivation? It's about support. Definitely it's about support. It's about understanding. And it's about people realizing how serious you are about it. You have to show. When you're putting those goals together at the new year and you want to keep to them, tell people in your life that you mean business. You mean this is something you want to do. And just because it's something they don't want to do, it doesn't mean it, you can kind of be laid back and say, okay, you don't want me to do that. Then it wasn't important enough for you then. You let them dedicate your goals again. If you're saying, give that up, that's not you, you shouldn't be doing that. How did you just give them permission to say that wasn't your goal? Because it mm. was your goal. And if you're giving it up that quickly, then it wasn't that important to you. Is um, being self-accountable the same as being self-disciplined? I think it's very connected. Mm. Yes. I think it's very... Yes. Yeah, because you have to be telling yourself, I've got to get this done. I think it's it's one of the, I'll say, one of the common business extensions that we often see, um, you know, people write about it quite a bit, is is this idea that if it's scheduled, it gets done. Definitely. And it's it's that discipline of entering things into your calendar, even if they are things for you to do. Write the Instagram post you know that kind of thing but knowing that you have a slot in the calendar where the drill is write the instagram post that's it that's the job for that quarter yeah. of an hour that's your job you agree as I opposed to thinking i'll get to it at some point today because i know no. i need to do an instagram post and it, it doesn't get done get it done. it's yeah. not done it doesn't get done and the thing you were going to do today it's not even really going to get done tomorrow because you didn't prioritize it as something important. Mm. When I've talked to clients about time blocking, one of the things I talked to them about is their social media activity because people have got in their minds that social activity, social media activity is social and it's a waste of time, but it really isn't. And I was just talking to a client the other day and said to her, can you write me 10 titles for your live videos, please? It's like, well, I know what I'm going to do for live. And I said, no, please write me 10 titles. Then we've got 10. And I'm going to ask you to do the first title. I said, because if you pick the title, you know the content. You don't yeah. have to work out the content. But if you know what the title is, when you press live, you can, if you're in your, if you're in your zone of genius, you can talk about that title. Yeah. Give me 10. And when are you going to do those videos? Oh, well, I, I want to start in January. We're in January. Let's go. Let's hustle. Let's. Yeah. When are you doing that one? So you need to schedule your lives in. You don't necessarily have to tell your social media following, I'm going to do it at four o'clock on a Friday, because frankly, Friday at four o'clock, maybe they, they might be checking in for that time and you might not be able to do that time. So then you look a letdown. But within your own you know, schedule, in your phone, you can say, okay, 
I'm going to go live. That's the time I can go. I can go live at four o'clock on a Friday. You, that Friday, not a Friday, that Friday, you've got your title, you've scheduled it in your phone, boom, there's your social media. Instead, you're going to say, oh, well, I'll get that done at the end of the week. And then two weeks has gone by, no videos. Yeah. And it's not because of lack of wanting to, it's, it's other things coming into the way of it because you didn't prioritize that was the most important thing to get done. Not in that day, but in that 15 minute window you just talked about. We'll talk about yeah, yeah, we'll talk about distractions minute, in a bit. It is. That 15 minute window, you could have been scrolling down everybody else's stuff on Facebook, yeah. which is great. We have to engage. You have to be interested in everybody else's social media. But that 15 minutes, now where is your extra 15 come from? Because now you've got to drive to gymnastics to pick up. Yeah. You know, you see on some of my videos, when I go and I'm going to be with my family, you'll see me jokingly say, all oh, my chauffeur services are needed now. Bye. And yeah. I've gone. You don't see me get into my car with my family. Yeah. But I know that now chauffeur time is kicking in. Yeah. It's, it's about time blocking. and It's about knowing what's important to you. So when you think about accountability and self-discipline, when it's got the word self in, all you've got to fall back on is yourself. That's the word. And you've got to be able to, you know, learn those tools and have those important things as part of your personality. And you have to train yourself that way. You know, you have to train yourself. And people say, have you always loved to go to the gym and just gone regularly? I said, I had to train myself to fit that into a day. I haven't just got 24 hours where I can say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym for two hours and nothing else to do. What two hours will I pick? You know, that is- <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> know, but we get to choose. Yeah, and we it's what becomes what a priority for you. And I can have a lot of things thrown at me each day, extra things that I go, okay, I can do that because I've got the energy to do it from those two hours I did spend exercising. And when yeah. people say to me, how do you get to do two hours a day? And well, I do my own schedule. And I simply say, I've got 22 hours left in my day to do mm. whatever else I want to do. So when you think two hours is so long, we've got 22 left to sleep and get everything else. And guess what? If luck would have it, we have 24 hours again tomorrow. You know, we're going to wake up tomorrow and we can go again. Yeah. So I always say that when people say you spend a lot of time exercising. I said, I don't. I do what I love. I get to do what I love for two hours every day, an hour yeah. and a half to two hours, because I put it into my schedule as a priority. And the only people that understand that are the ones that are living that lifestyle. Absolutely. Are the, ones that, the ones that are aspiring to live that lifestyle. Yeah. It's up to us that are living that to say, this can work for you. You've still got time to do everything else. You can still fit it in. But the energy level you will have from being that fit and energetic, more gets done. You are going to get off the sofa. You are going to be able to you know, see to more people and be more energetic. So I'm going to roll a couple of things together for you then now. Okay. Um, do you think that all entrepreneurs should have external coaches to keep up with that discipline and keep them in check? Do you think it depends on the size or the scale of their business? Um, or is it just about them down to recognizing skill sets or knowledge that they're lacking? Do you think there are discernible mindset differences that you see between people with, for the sake of argument, a sub hundred thousand dollar business and a million dollar plus business? Um, does the size of the business even matter or is it really just about the individual running that business? I think it's definitely the mindset and the individual running that business. I think you need help in areas where you're weak. So when you think about, is it a hundred thousand dollar business? Is it a million dollar business? For me, it depends on how they raised to that million dollars. Were they from zero to a million and they've worked and they've hustled, but they've known where their weak areas are and they've got help in that. And along the way where they've ignored their weak areas and they haven't put people in there to help them, then that bit hasn't been successful. So I think it's down to not necessarily having a massive team to help you. 
having there's certain things that you're brilliant at and that's why you'd want to be an entrepreneur that's why you'd want to have your own business you're brilliant you know inside of you this is what I'm supposed to do and I love this but there's parts of your business and parts of your life that you go I, I can't do this. I think I'd mentioned before to a few different people, when I do presentations, I don't do my PowerPoint presentations. It's not my zone of genius. I'm not patient to do it. And I want my, all of my stuff that I present publicly, I want it on with my brand. So I work with a brand specialist that does all of my things that you see publicly. So when I'm doing a PowerPoint and I'm speaking, I've got my remote and everything behind me on the screen looks perfectly done. And yeah. people say, oh my God, that looks so good. I said, yeah, I've written the content and I just sent it off on a Word document away. Because when I started to speak more and I needed PowerPoint presentations, I sat with myself and said, how are you going to find time to do this? You know, you're not going to like doing it. So many people said to me, Sarah, I can teach you to do this. I'm like, I don't want to learn. Hmm. So don't show me. I have no interest. Again, talking about motivation. Yeah. I have no interest in, you know, my daughter even put the PowerPoint presentation for twenty four ninety nine on my laptop, and I asked her why she'd bothered to put the twenty four ninety nine on my card. I said, "What's that charge on my card?" And she's like, "Oh, I put PowerPoint on for you." I said, "That was a waste on iTunes. I wish we could delete that off and yeah. take it. I don't need it." So even the younger generation that find this easy because they're doing PowerPoints at, at school. Totally. They're doing all these things. Yeah. For me, I want to do on brand. I want to write my content so I know what I'm talking about when I press the remote behind me. Yeah. I, want to, I don't want someone to write them for me. So I've got to know what I'm saying because I already have enough yeah. to say. Yeah. That's my one example of things that I gave up. When you say about what you need for coaching, I think it depends on your weaker area of things. And I think with mine, I've learned technology over the years. I've learned different things. But PowerPoints, I remember going to presentations by people and I'm having the most boring thing behind them. I had the most interesting thing to say, but nothing really to look at. So then I would think, well, why did you have a PowerPoint? I'd rather have just listened to you and not been distracted yeah. by that boring thing behind you or whatever you're going to do. So for me, it was really important that as I was talking and people were listening, I had something attractive that was going to kind of interest them as well. And I knew that wasn't my gig. I knew that was Erica's gig. I knew that was up to her to be doing that for me because I'd seen what she did. I even said to her, can you do this for me? She's like, of course I can. That is so easy to her in a, in a, just in a click. Yeah, just in a flash. It's yeah. done. It's yeah. one of her zones of genius. And it makes me look better, as, I guess, as a professional. So I think when you think about you know, the size of the business, I think it's down to the dedication of the business owner, what they want to portray, the professionalism they're prepared to go with. And are they in it for the long haul? You know, are they in it for the long haul? I feel like I'm here to help people right until I'm a little old lady. Mm. I, feel, I feel like I'd be 80 years old speaking to some 25-year-old somewhere who was struggling with something and me say, well, let Nana Sarah tell you this. You know, and I feel like I'd be wanting to help. So it's down to the person and the mindset that you've been given or you I think, live with. I think that is also one of the other great things about technology now. The thought of working until you're older becomes more about enjoyment, not because you have to, yeah. or because you think, it's just going to kill you from a physical perspective of having to do those things on an ongoing basis that you think, no, actually it doesn't have to be 24 seven, five days a week, seven days a week, whatever that might be. You can very much program a life to accommodate that and keep the brain active doing that. So I'm totally with you on the age piece there. Now, I do. as we, as we race into, um, into the first quarter of the year, if I stick with the convention of a January to December year here. Yes. You've got something planned. You, you had sat there November, December, you're thinking Q1, here's my big thing. Then I'll build other things off around this. What Unexpected things happen all the time. Um, illness, injury, uh, two 
prime examples. Um, what happens when you need to reappraise things and adapt? Uh, um, I know we're only just into the do, do you have examples of things that you can think of in your business that have cropped up that have thrown you completely off guard? And as much as you take the time to plan, you schedule, you think you know where you're going, something happens, that's it, plans out the window. Yes, I have a great example of that. I think, as you know, I'm going to be starting to do retreats here in Kelowna um, this year. By the springtime is when I was wanting to start. But I wanted everything ready by, I would probably say, the middle of December so that I could have, I've bought the furniture, I've got the location, I've got everything set. Yeah. And it looks beautiful and I wanted it all put in place on my website, on my Facebook ads. I wanted to talk about getting ready for my retreat. And then I have a family member and her children coming to stay with me for two months which means my house then in the area that I was going to be doing, I'm now with my part of my family in that part of the house and she's in the other part of the house with her family. So I couldn't get ready for the retreat. And although, so, the, so you're really on that fine line of wanting to see your family and friends, but also the business side of you says, but it's January, I'm a coach and this needs to be started yeah. now to get people yeah. ready. But of course I wanted the, the excitement of having family stay with me and getting to know the, the children that came there. Cause you know, of course they're in a different country. I wanted to be able to feel the love and have them be excited about being in Canada. But now it's, it, it set me back. I probably think two months on being ready. And yeah. I was expecting that, but I never want to choose family over business, but because I've been allowed to be very selfish in my business choices, that was something that I, I couldn't, I couldn't change. Yeah. I couldn't change and I couldn't get ready. I know towards the end of January, when my house is again more flexible back at, back at me, I can get everything ready in that area that I'm working in. But that was something I guess throughout 2018 I was getting ready for. And over the Christmas holiday, I was going to do pictures and get ready. And yeah. was there something I was missing? I would just fill in the gap then. It would yeah. likely be on sale because it was Christmas time. And I would Absolutely. Say, ready on, you know, I had this whole thing. But the importance of me having my family overloaded that and you know that this was the right time for those family members to be here there was no other time um, for that to happen so that did set me back it wasn't something that I saw coming even in October so how have you managed to square that away in your own mind then you've got this great plan you know retreats take a lot of work um but you know can be transformational things for many people there are great reasons from a coaching perspective and why we're either keen to attend them or host them of course um it was it's a thing it is a proper thing that you're trying to plan here um how have you managed to settle yourself down and not get either frustrated about it or get frustrated with the family that are staying how have you managed to reconcile all that in your own mind to say it's fine doesn't matter we can get to it when we get to it how have you how have you balanced all of that out I think the balance comes back to my positive mindset. I love this question that you've asked me because it's made me think, okay, there's two things I think of. I'm really lucky to have this close family that want to stay in my house for two months. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking yeah. to have that closeness, that connection. The family members that are here are long distance family members that I normally get to spend time with on FaceTime, not face to face. So the face to face connections, they also luckily because they're my family, have an understanding of where I'm going. Yeah. So even, you know, when I talk to them about different things that I'm doing, we talk about Sarah's building her empire. You know, it's a bit of a jokey thing that we say when I have to go out and, and do different things. Yeah. And it may have been different from years ago and I was younger and I was not doing those things. But now being online more and doing things, it's a lot of things that I have to make choices and 
kind of miss out on a couple of family things, but do these business things that are very important to me. And I think the other things, I feel like everything's in place. Everything is in place for me with the retreats to go and they're going to come. Yeah. So I've got all of my relationships built really well with the family members. It's been a good time for my own family to be able to connect more. Yeah. Because normally, you know, because we live in Canada and the family are in England, it's been nice for my own children to connect with the family members that are here. And also just for me to be more than FaceTime for those family members, yeah. those, those children I have here, you know, for me to be real on the other side of the screen, they only see once a year, you know, yeah. for me to be around here and have an understanding and, you know, just get used to that. So I think that's why I go with it. I go with, okay, lucky to have this family lucky to have my things in place ready to go and at the end of January you always have to have a time you're going to do it I don't want to be sitting with an excuse in April saying well you know I didn't really get into it in January I know at the end of January I can get back into the organization the planning the layout because right now where all of the furniture is all of the mirrors the pictures the bedding the everything that I'm going to be using is set beautifully to one side of that yeah you know where I'm going to have my fitness equipment for everybody to use while they're here. Yeah. I use that right now. That's what I use every day. When you see me in my home gym, that's the area of the mm. house that, that I have, but I, I may want to position that somewhat some differently, but right now I can't because the rest of the place is kind of set in a certain yeah. way. I'm excited to have that flexibility of going, okay, where's this all going to go? I want to put that yeah. over there, that over there, that. So it's, it's, so some excitement is coming and getting it ready. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. So if I have to wait a couple more months and that's, that's what it has to take. See, that's a really interesting spin that you've taken on there. Is actually, despite the adversity of the situation, for what it's worth, you've managed to turn that into a piece yeah. of future excitement. You have to, because it's something you really want to do. It's just not going to be right now. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. some things that come up for me and people say to me, you know, Sarah, I really thought you'd be doing that. And I say, well, I would like to at some point, but this is not my time. Mm. And that shuts down the conversation so quickly and getting many questions about why there's different things that you haven't done that maybe they thought you would do and it has become of no interest for you to do now. Like mm -hmm. for me, I really, really love one-on-one -on -one training with people. As we're speaking now, one-on-one, -on -one, I really love that. For me to have group training on Zoom with eight people, 10 people, that's not something I would love to do. I really love one-on-one -on -one with people, maybe a couple that we talk to, yeah. two best friends, you know, partners. I'd love that. I think more than two because within real life, I get to see a lot of people. So when I have retreats and there's more people in real life with me, I love that. But I really love the connection of having one-on-one -on -one time with people. And I think that, you know, my excitement comes in. Okay, you're going to see a lot more people now. You're yeah. going to be able to find these long-distance people that you're talking to are now going to come to you. There's an excitement. I have people already asking that I talk to on Zoom. When's your retreat? I would love to come out for that. Now I'm actually going to see them in person. Yeah. So that's, that's where I come from. I come from, okay, what's this going to give me? I'm set back right now. But what is it going to give me in the big picture of things? I feel extremely lucky to be able to have this privilege of doing this, where I can do it at my own venue. I don't have to go find different beautiful resorts, you know, that, yeah. that, that are going to cost me a lot more money and they're going to take me a lot more time to plan. Yeah. And, you know, I can keep my costs down on different things because I've already got that property. So I don't have to worry about, yeah. oh, well, I can't have it at that season. You know, yeah. I already live in a beautiful location. I'm lovely. To, it's, it's great to be in such a great location. It is a holiday destination for people already. So why not take advantage of that where people are not coming somewhere ugly? It's beautiful. And, I, you know, you yeah. hear I call it my dream destination. So I think it's just that. When you said about the future joy and things, I think we've got to think about that when there's the setback. How will this look for me now? 
So that's what I think. I think as long as you're planning ahead and things are coming, you, you can really have some excitement in things and some achievement in things that come up for you. So that's a, that's a great point to lead me into my next question for you, because I, I've believed for a long time, typically summer holidays, that whole November, December, end of the year, Christmas festival season um, comes along and they tend to be seminal moments for people who yes. it gives them a chance to sit back. They tend to think back on life a bit, bit harder, a bit deeper, think about the job they're doing, the partner they're with, all those sorts of things that, because people just tend to step back from the, the, the hustle of every day. Um, now, with that said, there are bound to be a lot of people who are coming into the entrepreneurial online world or setting up brick and mortar businesses from scratch as the dream thing that they want to do. 2019 is going to be the year they leave the corporate job, that they do this thing for themselves. Now, what advice have you got for them? Because there's there's plenty of um, of online commentary, certainly through history, about you know it's the land of plenty, it's fantastic, all this freedom, live your own life. Um, but I would say for anybody that's been in it and around it for a while, it's rarely that straightforward. Um, so what what sort of positive things can can we help people balance out with that excitement, but tempered with a bit of realism about what it will really take to make the thing work i think the most realistic thing that you've got to think about is doing something that you love because you're gonna to have to do it for hours and hours and hours and there's a ton of competition now one of the motivational sayings that i post often is the only competition is you the only the only competition is what you're looking at in the mirror you know everything that you're doing it's your own competition and i understand that that's true but at the same time, if you're going to go into an arena that's not yours to be in, you're not going to succeed because sometimes you're going to have to work 12 hours a day, earning no money, putting yourself out there. But if you love it, it becomes easier to do. Yep. Then when the satisfaction comes back in of being successful at that, you love it and you're glad you left that corporate area that you were in. That Yes, you weren't the money in there. Yes, it was good. But you didn't really know whether it was something that was the place for you to be happy in. I'm a big believer in being happy in life. And I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, happy doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, but, you know, if you're a coach and you're happy and, and you kind of get people in because you're happy, then that's paying the bills. You know, sadness isn't paying the bills as well. It's about picking something and putting yourself in because you are going to have to put so many hours into it. And anyone that tells you that it's going to take you four hours a day and it's going to be this wonderful, lucrative, you know, online space, you're going to put more than four hours a day in and you're going to put weekends in, you're going to put nights in. But then the satisfaction will come at the end of that when there's success. So you need to be very realistic in what time and effort you're prepared to put in and what sacrifices you're prepared to give up. Mm. There's so much sacrifice in giving things up. Maybe sacrifice is too harsh of a word to use. There's just lifestyle changes that you've got to make on things that you're prepared to miss out on. Now, one thing that I'm not prepared to miss out on for me that I've never done, and it's always something, and people understand it because they know I've got three daughters. I am not prepared to miss dance recitals. I'm not prepared to miss school pickup. I am not prepared to, if my child is sick, you're coming home and I will come and get you. People have known that right from the beginning, although they've never yeah. seen these imaginary children of mine. Yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. exist. My, my deal breakers are, you know, 
my children need to feel like I've got their back and they do. So when I'm working on the other side of things and hustling, as they say, or building empires or whatever kind of jokey things that we say among the family, they have an understanding that that mom needs to do that. You know, when I say I'm recording my, my radio show, they are good with that. My girls are bigger. They understand that you've got to be out of the house or you've got to be quiet when I've got to go meet a client or I'm talking to someone privately on a zoom call. Yeah. Even if that person says to me, that client, oh, it's okay if the family are there. It really isn't okay because I've yeah. promised them privacy at the beginning. I've promised them confidentiality. Yeah. I also don't want them to feel there's something they can't say because yeah. my teenager is in the room. I don't ever yeah. want that limitation. I want that person on the other side to say, Sarah, I'm dealing with this today and this is how it's going. Yeah. I don't yeah. want them to see someone getting something out of the fridge behind me and go, well, this isn't the right time. It's always the right time to tell me something because yeah. my family understand that side of things. So you have to think about what line in the sand you have to draw with your family as well and, and your friends and say, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Set the expectations, set the boundaries. and Set, set, it, set it right at the beginning as well so that you know and also know that it's going to take some time you know when you think about it, it's going to take a couple of years it might take a year but i don't want people to give up after a year because they think oh it's taking two years but i also don't want to guarantee success at the two-year mark it might do wonderfully for you at six months it might then i think that depends what arena you've gone into mm, totally. six, months, six months might be great but i haven't heard of an online entrepreneur that's done brilliantly at the six month mark. They may have had a great launch because they, but the thing is, I don't know how they would have had a great launch from zero to six months. They would have actually worked on that launch in the six month window before they went yeah. on, on the first month. So no one has gone into week one and said, right, I'm going to launch this product or this service. And in six months time, I'm going to have a hundred grand launch. I think a lot more planning would have gone into that. And I also believe that their background would have been in sales and marketing before they came into that arena, doing whatever they were doing. There's they would have had a backup. There's a by the by. There's plenty of six-figure launches that don't make any money as well. Isn't there? Yes. So um, it's not the be-all and end-all, that's for sure. It isn't, and I agree with that. I think that as well. So, so um, let, let's move on quickly here then. Productivity. Now, a new thing that seems to have cropped up on certainly on my iPhone is that I get these notifications about how much screen time I've been, um, or how much time I've been on screen. So one of the things that goes through my mind about this is it's almost like the, um, there is sort of a background policing social kind of issue about it that's, that is sort of trying to imply to me that the right answer to the question is I should be reducing my screen time. So I'm interested to, to hear from you um, what your opinion of it is. Is there a positive way that we can use that information in the entrepreneurial space? Is there something... I- is there something good we can read into it? Can we flip it on its head? Definitely. When I first saw that about six weeks ago on my phone, again, it sounds quite ironic that I'm going to say I saw it as a positive thing. And you're yeah. going to go, oh, yeah, sure. Of course you, you did. Yes, of course Sarah saw this positive yeah. side. I absolutely did because it reminded me of how long I should be online talking each day, promoting, putting things out there, engaging, looking at what other people are doing. Um, when I looked, I just think that the name that they're giving, they're giving um, on, online time, I think it was social media, productivity, and I, I, I don't even know what the other one was. I can't I even know. Watch just, it. just about to have a look at my phone now. Yeah, I'm just having a look to what that other one was yeah. that it's telling us, but I realized that. Um, oh, I haven't got one here now. It's really funny. Okay, here we go. I've been good right. to me. Weekly, weekly screen time. Okay, we've got sec- social networking, productivity, creativity. 
So last week I had 34 hours and 16 minutes social networking, five hours, nine minutes productivity, two hours, two hours, 20 minutes other. What other means, I don't know. I think that's creativity. Yeah. Weekly total was 54 hours and 52 minutes. Okay. I am very happy to see that on there. That showed me that in the first week of January, I was ready to be out there talking to people. Now, my actual new year starts in October because mm-hmm. I'm October the 23rd. October the 24th is always a big day for me. But in the coaching world, in the personal training world, accountability, coaching, everything, it's January the 1st. Yeah. So when I look at that, that is an advantage for me. That tells me you're on it. If I get any notifications that say you're down, I need to look at what I'm doing instead. I was able to do that many hours with a house full of people doing Christmas, doing everything else and balancing that act. I'm not saying that was perfectly done, yeah. but it just shows that I put those boundaries in where people say it's very different now. Years ago, you'd say, oh, they're always on their phone. It's a different phrase now when we say they're always on their phone. That's just how, this is how we're doing business. This is how we're, we want to yeah. be generating funds. We have yeah. to be on our phone. I mean, I'm on my laptop some of the time and yeah. my iPad, but this is my main thing. It's my yeah. phone. So I think for me, when you look at that and you say, when that came up, I was like, thank you. I needed to see that. I know a lot of people will think that that's on there to cut down on screen time. Yeah. It's actually encouraged me to keep it up and to thank. And, you know, again, creativity. I'm not really sure what creativity would be. But productivity, that's when you're checking your emails, replying back to things, doing things. I understand that's where they're getting that productivity from. But for me, you know, I want to make an impact on social media. So when you tell me that I've been on social media, you know, 34 hours, and I've been, it says here, seven hours, 50 minutes per day, 30% up from last week. You know, thank you, iPhone, for telling me that. Yeah, thank you, iPhone, for telling me something helpful. Because usually you're getting me lost on Siri. <laughs> so thank you for proving to me. Yeah, thank you for proving to me that you work efficiently for me. Because a lot of times Google Maps has taken me in the wrong direction, and mainly into mud or a gravel road. So <laughs> never been anywhere better than I was going. So the, for me, looking on the positive side of that, it's actually helped us see where we need to be. So if you're saying as a business owner, I'm not killing it on social media. People don't know who I am. Don't tell me this is not a great tool for you to go. Yeah. Well, wow. you've been on social media for three hours last week. And so what did you do then? You're probably in engagement for that time. You're probably looking down at the people's yeah. stuff. What were you doing in that time to put yourself out there? And again, when you're trying to make it a bit more on social media and make it within the online space, you've got to be at the point, at, you know, if you want to be successful and in, in going into not, not worrying if people think you're there too often, you know, unfriend, block, take a break. There are also options that our iPhones give us on social yeah. media. If, yeah. if people are thinking that we're too much into that, they can either take our value and see what you know, we're telling them or asking them to do or what, whatever knowledge they're getting from us, or they can choose to take a break. We so get we to make the choice. We do. We really do. So I think that's, I think it's a great tool. I love it. It's quite funny that I'm looking at it on my phone as I'm speaking to you and going, oh. I, I didn't know that. I, I, that's I, actually, I knew that you'd have a great spin on that. I so, have. Yeah, I do. Now, um, so getting close to, to wrapping up now, so a slight change in direction. So yes. last year um, when you were on the show, we did um, some quick fire this or that type questions. 
um, you contributed some songs for the for the show's playlist, and I'll, I'll ask you about that again shortly. Okay. Slightly different this time round. Um, I got given uh, a book of motivational quotes for Christmas. I've had a little bit of a, a run through that, and I've got three for you today. Great. Um, and uh, I'm just going to read them out, and it's basically sort of an agree disagree. No great conversation necessary to go okay. around. Yes. Just interested in that quick fire kind of kind of kind of response. Okay. So here's the first one for you. Believe and achieve. Agree or disagree? Is agree. it really that easy? It's if you've got faith in yourself, it can happen for you. Believe and achieve. If you believe it's gonna happen, you'll have nothing to stand in your way of doing that. So I think believe and achieve. I've seen it written down a lot of times and I agree. Good stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Second one. Do not wait to strike till the iron is hot, but make it hot by striking. By William Sprague, agree or disagree? Disagree. Oh, go on then. I, there's always an opportunity to strike. You've got to make the iron hot. You don't wait to the strike when the iron's hot. How long are you going to wait for it to get hot? Good, good point. Good yeah, point. how long are you going to wait? I need to strike it at my pace, at my speed, and it could be any time. Strike, um, make I, it hot. Yeah, just do it yourself. I'm not waiting for anything to get hot. I'm yeah. doing it myself. <laughs> now, th- th- this, this made me laugh to myself, actually, because I knew this question was coming up when you were talking about something else around the subject. Okay, oh, great. Okay. I nearly thought about throwing it in then. So here we go. Third one. Yep. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful. Albert Schwarzer, is the path between those two things really that straight? Oh, it's poker straight. Yes. I agree. I mean, I didn't even know that question was coming no, up. And no. look how I, I said that. I agree. Of, of all the things I could have picked yeah. for you, out of oh those my God, today, that it? was brilliant when you said that I, earlier on. I do. I absolutely agree on it. I do because, you know, again, it, it, it just enhances your life. You're happy to get up and do things and move along. And, and like I say, it, yes, poker straight. Fantastic. Good. Yes. So playlist time. Um, 29's playlist. Now, yes. because I know that you're, uh, you're going to be doing this retreat uh, and because I know that you obviously pick songs on the basis that we did for 2018, slightly different challenge for you this time round, please. Okay. Yes. Um, you've got your retreat coming up. I'm going to assume it's going to be over three days. I'd yes, like it to, is. I'd like you to think about and offer us three songs, one for each day, and the idea is the song represents the mindset, the frame of mind you want your retreat attendees to be in for the day's training or for the activities that you're going to be doing with them. What, what are the three songs that are going to set them up, one for each day? What's going to get them in the mood? Okay, the first one, day one, Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. Nice. I'm, I just listened to that a lot on the way to the gym. I listened to it a lot. The first time I heard it, it was brilliant. I've seen Alicia Keys in concert, heard her sing it live in the second row, and I was like a crazy fan jumping out of the seat. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, Alicia Keys, Girl on Fire, I think that really, really gets you just fired up. It's true, everything it says, Girl on Fire, Alicia Keys. Good stuff. Okay, day two. Day two is, it's actually interesting why I picked this one. It is... Flowrider and Sia, I'm just going to get the exact um, wild ones, it's called. And that wakes me up every single morning. That is my alarm call on my cell phone. It's the song 
that I jump out of bed to. I didn't even realize the longest time you can have a phone, sorry, a song on your phone. So I just had a generic one. And then one day, about three months ago, I was looking at some different options and it said I could pick a song. I was like, ooh. So I've already been in that position of having to pick a song to wake me up and get me going. And it <laughs> is, every morning, I have Wild Ones by Flo Rider featuring Sia. Yeah. It goes on snooze a couple of times now and then, but you know, it's waking me back up in two seconds again for two minutes. Good so, yeah, stuff. that one. Okay. Day three. Is Rihanna shine bright like a diamond? It's a good finish to the retreat. It's one thing that I will be talking about in the retreats is people not dulling your sparkle. I'm so much about confidence in people and people having this amazing thing shut down in them by other people because they're asked to dull their sparkle. I was working with somebody recently that was told to dress a little less um, beautifully, tone it down a bit, they were told. Well, you've seen me on social media and in person, and I don't tone it down in the slightest for anyone. So shine bright like a diamond is great. And I said to that person that said, tone it down. Why? Who asked you to tone it down? Is that person quite toned down their self? <laughs> she said, she said, yes. I said, they don't want you to sparkle in front of them. And I saw them recently. And again, I know it's not all about appearances and everything like that. But that girl walked in killing it. That's the only phrase I've got. And I said, oh, look at you. She said, yes. I listened to what you said. I've got some nice stuff and I'm wearing it. So it was really good that Shine Bright Like a Diamond, part of what I'll be talking about is confidence and why it's important to have that and exude that. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Now, in tandem with what I did last year, I will also go away now and think about um, two songs, one for each of your initials. So I will come up with two bands that begin with S and I will post my choices on the replay of the show. Brilliant. Excellent. Um, okay. To go with that. Um, okay. See what I can come up with to complement your choices. Thank um, you. Music is one of the things that I would be lost without in my, in oh. my aside from all the classics like family, friends and food. So, yes. um, yeah, music is that thing for me. So I will definitely be trying to find that and we'll get a new playlist going for 2019 for the show. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, I actually, on, on part of my Instagram story today, some eight, a couple of 80s tunes came on and I was dancing to the dance version of True by Spando, Spandau Belly. <laughs> And I'm saying, there's my S right now. I was like, I was like oh, my ballet's coming on. If you were in the 80s, you would know about this. So it's actually quite funny that, you know, we're talking about how music is life. And I, I agree with that too. Yeah. I think that's really... See, okay. you're almost tempting me already to put in gold now, aren't you? Oh, seriously, that's a good one as well, isn't it? Isn't it? Might just have to do that. I think so. There you that's go. One. Yeah, put Inspired that one by you and I'll find one of my own. Good, Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks very much indeed for today Sarah thanks for joining me uh, first show of the year um, so to round off top piece of advice for staying on track with your goals for 2019 is picking something that you love to do so that when you're doing it it feels like you're doing the right thing for yourself and every minute you're spending on it you're having joy in doing it doing something that someone else thinks you should do instead is just going to feel like a, a big bind so find something you love to do and go yeah. with that you've got to love with it as you say exactly. going back to that startup piece yeah. it's going to be around for a long time you've got to love it and you've got to be ready to do it again and again yes definitely fantastic okay sarah thank you so much for your time today um great to have you on the show good luck with your show for 2019 um can you get details of your retreat to me and we can get those posted definitely. up as well i, I know it might yes. not be live in your space on the website and so on yet but even if it's 
rough date. I would love to. Yes, I would love to. Thank you. Send something across, and even after that, I'll get them up on the page, and we'll then send a replay out again with it. Love to. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So, closing the show out for today, then. Remember, profit is the business non-negotiable. It's why we do what we do as business owners from a commercial perspective. Yes, we want to serve. Yes, we want to make an impact. But we need profit to help us do that and to help us expand our horizons and capabilities to do all of those things more effectively. And most of all, remember, profit gives you choices. So my mission is to make sure that as many business owning entrepreneurs get to understand and embrace the importance of profit, not just revenue in their business. So if you have an audience of business owners and entrepreneurs that you'd like to help by opening them up to the power of what small changes can do for the profitability of their business, or how some simple cash management strategies can seriously boost business profitability, then I'm really, really excited to speak at people's events or through the medium of podcasts. So just reach out to me through my Facebook page at Jason A. Withers or email me, Jason, at jasonawithers.com. Bringing the the efficiency of making a profit in business is the thing for me. So um, great show today with Sarah. Looking forward to putting together the next series of shows for you as we get further into 2019. If you're interested in being a guest on the show um, and you can come up with something that is not just about building revenue, but it's about building bottom line profit for a business that reflects your zone of genius and how you help your clients bring that piece to life, I'd love to hear from you. In the interim, I'll see you in a fortnight's time, Monday the 28th of January, same time, that's midday PST, 3 p.m. EST, 8 p.m. GMT. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks very much. Coach on Fire Radio.